Praise the Lord. Welcome to the official GVPC podcast. My name is Pastor Chris Keats. I am the pastor of Gila Valley Pentecostal Church in Safford, Arizona. We're so glad to have you here listening to this podcast. We pray that it richly blesses you. And God bless you. something just stirring and growing in my spirit here lately. 
And you know, it's just a season that we're in. This is not only just a season of just sickness, but it's a, it's a season of, of, of fear going on. And just every day that I'm just turning on, on, on the news on Facebook or that there just seems to be something new that's just confirming what's happening, right. what's to be, uh, you know, unfolded in the book of Revelation. If you guys don't know about the book of Revelations, if you guys don't know what's happening that's going in the world right now, you guys need to open your eyes. It's because the book of Revelations is being unfolded right before our eyes. Yeah, that's right, 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 that's right. That's right. So let's open up our word. Let's all stand up for the reading of the word. You know, it would, it would only be appropriate if I prayed before. I'm just trying to keep the hang of this still. Dear Lord Jesus, we come before you, God, in your mighty name. We humbly thank you. We humbly, Lord Jesus, magnify your holy name. I pray, God, for your anointing, God, to be upon me. God, from the top of my head to the soles of my feet, Lord Jesus. I pray that I can be an instrument, God, for your glory and for your honor and for your praise, Lord Jesus. And I pray, God, that we wake out of our slumber, that we wake out of our, out of our complacency, Lord Jesus. That we stop being lackadaisical for the time and hour that we're living in, but we can be a bride who is making ourselves ready, Lord Jesus. And we all say these things in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And we all said amen. amen. And Sister Sydney, would you like to open, uh, would you guys like to open up your words to Revelations chapter 12, verse 12? Amen, amen. Revelations chapter 12, verse 12. And when you guys are there, say amen. Amen. The Bible says in Revelations chapter 12, verse 12, it says, Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, for the devil is come down to you, having great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. And Sister Sydney, would you like to, to, to pull up my title? My title today is, We'll Sleep When We're in New Jerusalem. Amen. That will sleep when we're in New Jerusalem. And the attitude of my message today is, you know, you hear the saying, well, we'll sleep when we're dead. And basically that's what I'm trying to emphasize today, is we'll sleep when right. in New right. Jerusalem. Amen. And you all could be seated right now. It's not a mystery that we are in the final hours before the return of Jesus Christ. One of the things that is in my mind constantly is where and how will I be found when he returns? Is, is that, that is a constant thought that plagues my mind. Is, is, I'm constantly checking my attitude. When I get offended, I immediately get in my, get on in my prayer closet. When I get offended, I immediately go into prayer. It's because I, as I'm watching the news every day, as I'm, as I'm seeing things unfolded, that if you guys don't know that Jesus is coming back, your grandparents heard it, their grandparents heard it, but if there's any hour in time that Jesus is coming back, he's coming back soon. When Peter preached on the day of Pentecost, he called it the last days. Right, that's right. But I am convinced we're not in the last 
days anymore. That we're in the last hours. As I speak, we're in the last hours. And the Bible says that the cup of his wrath is literally just dripping. There's a drip. Just imagine, if you will, that there is wrath. That is, that's the time clock. Drip. 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 Drip is slowly pouring into his cup. And there's coming a day and time when that cup is going to be full. And he's going to pour his wrath out on this earth. And so the thing is, the Bible says that, that Jesus, that he's going to perfect us. The Bible says that we need to be blameless and spotless before his return. And so the, the day and age that we're living in and the hour that we're living in, especially the saints of the Most High, we can't afford to be offended. We can't afford to, to backslide. We can't afford to go in old sins. We can't afford to go back to the old things that Jesus once delivered us from. If you're thinking about going back to the world, I'm telling you, the world has nothing to offer you. I'm telling you that Jesus, the Bible says that the elements are going to be burned That's up right. with a fervent That's heat. Right. There was a flood the first time, but there's coming something greater. That Jesus is literally going to burn the earth with fire. That's right. For the four and a half years I've been living for God, I've seen countless faces in baptisms. People come and go. And the conclusion I can come to is this. The reason that people leave, it might be an offense, it might be old sins, it might be this, or it might be that, it might be carnality. But I can tell you, the conclusion for every one of those things wraps up in this. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 10 says this. Man, I need to be quicker with my Bible if I'm going to be. Okay, I'm just going to go there. 2 Thessalonians Chapter 2 says this. I'm usually used to calling people out from the crowd to, to do this, but you know what? Second Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 10 says this. And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness, and them that perish, because they received not the love of the right, truth, right. that they might be Saved. See, that's the problem. That's why we've seen people come and go. That's why we've seen people backslide. Glory to God that they come back. Glory to God that intercession went forth and fasting went forth and people came back. Glory to God. But I'm telling you, the hour and day that we're living in, we cannot afford to backslide anymore. We can't afford that. I'm telling you, if you're going to be saved, Number one ingredient, you can get the Holy Ghost. You can wear your dress down to the door. You can wear a thousand bobby pins in your hair. But I'm telling you what, you've got to get the love of the truth in you. You can speak in tongues. You can see miracles and signs and wonders. But guess what's coming in the end days when the Antichrist and the false prophet come? They're going to be working miracles and wonders. What's going to be the thing that separates them and us is the truth. You know, I'm not, I'm not knocking miracles. I'm not 
knocking signs and wonders. That's awesome that someone with blind eyes and cancer and AIDS can walk in here. And we can, we can get the elders of the church and anoint them with oil, calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And they can be healed. Hallelujah. But there's coming a day in time that does that there's deception in the air. That the Antichrist and the false prophet are going to be able to do the same thing. That's right. But the thing that's going to separate us is this Bible right here. Is this truth right here. And we need to get the love of the truth. See, over in China, over in North Korea, they don't have a pretty building. They don't have an organ. They don't got drums. There's some underground churches that have a sliver, a sliver of paper, just one verse. And they have church from that. They have church from one sliver. And they're having mighty revival. That's going to be us soon. And I'm going to tell you, when we can't assemble here anymore, the thing that's going to be your survival, the thing that's going to be your redemption, your everything, is a love for the truth. You've got to get in the Bible. You've got to read the Bible. You've got to study to show yourself a priest and a God, a worker that is rightly dividing the word of truth. For the year that I've been street preaching, I've grown accustomed to feeling invisible when preaching the gospel. But over my year of street preaching, it's frightening to preach the word of God verbatim. And people don't even acknowledge it's you. Right, that's right. You know, I, I, when, when I've been street preaching. Nathaniel and I, we've been street preaching for over a year. And you know what was hard? The, the first couple months, telling, hey, hey, Jesus loves you. Hey, are, if Jesus were to come back today, are you ready to meet him? Right. Are, are you ready to meet Jesus? Right, right, right. Literally treating you invisible. Right. It, it, you know, it shocks me. And this is the next point that I want to make about preaching God's word. Not my opinions, not my feelings, not, not the NASDAQ. Not what my crypto score is. Nothing. I'm preaching the word of God and they treat you like you're invisible. And here's it. I'm thinking about this. God's word in the beginning, there was nothing. There was nothing in the beginning. But nothing obeyed the voice of God's word and obeyed at God's command. The Bible says that there was darkness and he said, let there be light. And there was light. Nothing obeyed the voice of God. There was a time in our history when we would give more response to God's word when preached. But it's frightening that the very word that created light in the universe, in the stars in the sky, that his word is being ignored in this hour. Darkness responded, but faces and hearts are unchanged in the street and in the pulpit. That's right. Come on now. In this hour, we are faced with two things, fear and complacency. Fear and complacency. Where the Spirit of God, I'm telling you, that God is not a man that he should lie. His word is true. His word is true. Where the Spirit of God, there is liberty. Also, no one's coming to God unless the Spirit draws them. So imagine some Holy Ghost-filled believers coming together and declaring his words. Imagine what we could do if we would just lift up our voice oh, yeah. and declare the gospel. Come on, preach. We can go to the darkness and say, let there be light 
in the name of Jesus. Stronghold, I bind you in the name of Jesus. Demon, I cast you out in the name of Jesus. Amen. You have the power to do that. God can only give you an anointing to play organ or piano or guitar, but he gave you power to put your hand on the, on the blood and the sick and say sickness be gone in the name of Jesus. Amen. So as the hour draws near, we see evil is becoming more radical. And as the world grows evil and more radical, we don't have time to afford to preach watered down messages on, to go through the motions of Wednesday service. Come on, come on, preach. Come on. It's not pastor's job. It's not Nathaniel's job. It's not any of the minister's job to hype you up. When we're here, Jesus is here. Why would somebody have to hype you up when Jesus is here? Why would he have to hype you up? The King of Kings and Lord of Lords is here. We don't have to shake at the we don't have to shake at the awkwardness. Nathaniel doesn't have to do this. Jesus is here when two or more are gathered in his name. He's here in the midst of us. If you're, if you're going to testify to someone, if you're going to have Bible studies with someone, you just can't talk about the glory. You got to bring them in here. Man, Wednesday night was popping. Dang, Tuesday night was popping. That's what I want people to come in here. But you know, and, and, and I, I'm not beating anybody up, but it's embarrassing to the new person that you've hyped this up. You've hyped, you've hyped your friend up. And one of the ministers is standing up here. Oh, come on guys, worship a little bit harder. Pray a little bit harder. As the hour draws near, we see evil's becoming more radical, and as the world grows evil and more radical, we don't have time to afford to go through the motions of Wednesday service. We need to move with as much as zeal as the devil That's right. is in this hour. That's right. And we see this in Mark. Let's go to Mark chapter 8 really quick. Mark chapter 8, verse 36 says this. For what shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? So with the devil knowing that his kingdom wastes no expense to watching the demise of God's creation with distraction. We see all around images, whether in movies, entertainment, music. The devil does not have to beckon us when entertainment is all around. He has created a buffet of distraction in this hour. Man, I know what you're talking about when you're sweating up here. I don't. This doesn't happen to me when I'm teaching. Man, I'm gonna explain something. I'm gonna explain something to you how I felt for the longest time. Has anybody ever fought in their dream? Right. And you try to punch them and it doesn't do anything and they just laugh at you. Right. Or you try to run. You try to run and it feels like your feet are just dragging in water. 
What we may think is our best is no blow to the devil. In return, it feels like our best effort is met with a, pa a pacifier in the form of mindless scrolling or the newest gossip or any carnal desire. I want to push past the realm. You know, I feel, I feel you know, and I, I'm preaching to myself that I've tried to war in the spirit. I've tried to do the things of God. And the devil, what he does to a lot of us is he just laughs at us. He's like, I'm not afraid of you. I just got to give you some Facebook. I just got to give you some Snapchat. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Because I know that you're not going to do anything. Your best shout, I just laugh. And the rest of my kingdom is just having a good old time. Oh, let's get an apostolic shouting here. Oh, hallelujah. Well, the devil is just <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Yeah. But Paul, I want to be a Paul. I want to be a Peter. I want to I be like a Moses. Where the devil's just like, man, I want the devil to be nervous. I want the devil to be scared not only when I, but when we get out of bed. Amen. 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 I'm tired. I'm tired of the devil thinking of me that way. I'm tired of the devil looking at me. Oh, I'm ready to go on a one-day fast. Oh, I'm ready to fast for my Facebook for a day. Oh, I'm ready to fast for my Instagram. Oh, I'm ready to delete this app. And the devil is just laughing. Ha, ha, ha. That does nothing. Come on. Come on. Preach. But I want to push through a realm of warring in the spirit where it's met with persecution and the fellowship with Christ's sufferings. You know when you're warring good in the spirit, when you're having victory, where everywhere you go, you're causing a riot. Everywhere you're going, people are beating you up and spitting in your face. When you're suffering, you know you're doing something right when you're suffering. You're not doing something right when you just delete that app. Or, or you, you try to make your best efforts in the flesh. But you know that you're in the will of God when you're suffering. Man, that does not ring well with the church age that we're living in. Suffering? Oh, I didn't come for the suffering. I didn't come for the persecution. I didn't come for the beatings or the spittings or the rejection. I came to be liked. I came to look good. I came to show up my booty shoes and my fashion. I came to show how many bottom pins I could put in my hair. I'm telling you, that I'm telling you with the intensity and fervency that I'm preaching, that Jesus is coming back. That's right. That's right. I want with sufferings and pulling down strongholds and watching the captive set free. Right. I don't want to be known as just a friendly church with good donuts and coffee. Come on. I want to be part of a church where people come from miles to see that it's church. It's alive and well and breathing. And you know what? 
I know the change starts with me, but a collective is more powerful when the body is in unity. That's right, that's right. Let's go to Romans chapter 8, verse 7. Romans chapter 8, verse 7 says this. <clears throat> because the carnal mind is enmity with God, for it is, you know, I'm going to read this. You know, I'm going to read the NLT. I don't do this a lot. God forgive me. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. How many of us have been at hostility toward God through our carnality? There are three thoughts that I have towards this. Number one, our carnality is a breeding ground for demons. And God has made us a little lower than the angels. Carnality takes the glory out of his creation. It makes us no better than the beasts. When we're carnal, you're no better than a snake. You're no better than a dog. God did not create us to be dogs and snakes in the beasts of the field. He created us to be soldiers. He created us to be effective ambassadors for the kingdom. He doesn't pour his spirit out on animals, but he pours his spirit out on his creation. That's right. Number two, our carnality is a wall that stops God's hand and plan, plans for the Christian's life. Right. And number three, and this is a given, that God did not endure the punishment of Calvary for me to be complacent, especially in this hour. That's right, come on. And God had something to say to his people in Amos chapter 6, verse 1. You know, I have a tough time scrolling. I'm going to get better. Uh, Nathaniel, read uh, Amos 6, verse 1. Woe to them that are, that are at ease in Zion, right. and trust in the mountain of Samaria, which are named chief of the nations to whom the house of Israel came. Amen. He's literally telling his people, woe right. to those that are at ease in Zion. Woe to those that are at ease in the pulpits. Woe to those that are doing nothing for the kingdom of God. Woe, Paul said this, woe is me if I preach not the gospel. And, and, and I'm not trying to be a one-trick pony every time that I get up here and teach. I'm passionate. We must preach yes, the sir. gospel. Right. There are people going to hell right now. The Lord's warning of his return is frightening. Will we be found at leisure? Will we, will we be found in the middle of a fight with our spouse? Will we be found in that unconquered sin? Will we, through the adoption, being one of Abraham's, be found at Eve? A sleeping church cannot awake a sleeping world. You cannot be hungry for the things of God when your belly is full with the things of this world. Let's go, to, let's go to Jude. You don't have to go there because I know where that is. It's only one chapter. Okay. So Jude. Jude one twenty two and 23 says this. 
And some have compassion making a difference. And others say with fear pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garments spotted by the flesh. And I'm going to tell you this, if you're at ease in Zion, idle hands and a soul at ease can never be concerned with the harvest. Do you know what happens when you get complacent? Do you know what happens when you are at ease? You grow apathetic. You have no feelings with the things of God. That's right. That's right. John 3.16 is more than just lollipops and rainbows when I say it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten right. son. That's the highest form of love is selflessness. No, God, don't take my family. Save my family. If you're going to take them, take me. Yes, sir. Come on. Take me. But we got it twisted. We have, we have it backwards in the United States. When Jesus comes back. Jesus. When Jesus comes back. Oh God, I shouldn't have had that party or just played games Friday after Friday after Friday. I should have been reaching the lost. I should have listened to my pastor. I should have been to the altar. I should have prayed. I should have repented. I should have listened to my brother when he told me that the instilling of the Holy Ghost is found in the book of Acts. God is not concerned with the fun that we're trying to have. We'll have fun when we're in New Jerusalem. We'll sleep when in New Jerusalem. We'll sleep in the New Jerusalem. He's preparing a place for us. Matthew 15, 14. Forgive me if I'm taking a little bit long. Matthew 15, 15, 15, 14 says this. Let them alone. They be blind. Leaders of the blind. If the blind lead the blind, both shall fall into the ditch. So if the blind, if the blind lead the blind into a ditch, where do distracted people go? Distracted people, the cure for the blind, the Bible says if they be blind, that the light of the glorious gospel can open their eyes. But I was beginning to think about distracted people. If distracted pe if blind people fall into a ditch, the distracted fall into a much deeper ditch. They fall into hell. There's hope for the blind, but there's no hope for the distracted. The blind person can hear the truth, but a distracted person can't. That's right. There's people who have literally died from texting on their phone by walking off a cliff. That's right. That's right. I can't tell you how there's thousands of people die every year because of texting and driving. Right. We don't have to worry about the blind people. They, they can't drive, but they can hear the truth. 
Paul, you know, and here's the thing. Paul was telling the church to wake up more than 2,000 years ago. Not only Paul, but God was warning the seven churches. One was blind. One was lukewarm. He was talking to the church of Laodicea. And the church of Laodicea, they all lived in two-story houses. They were all rich. They were a supplier of purple clothes. And if you know anything about purple clothes, back in that day, that only royalty wore purple clothes. They had the best silk in all the land. But do you know what God told the church of Laodicea? He said, you're blind and you're naked and destitute. He told the people who, who wore Gucci suits that says that you're naked. Complacency, a feeling of smug or uncritical satisfaction with oneself or one's achievements. Complacency is a deadly foe of all. A man that I have some of his books, his name's A.W. Tozier, he said this Complacency is a deadly foe of all. Spiritual growth, acute desire must be present or there will be no manifestation of Christ to his people. He waits to be wanted. God wants to be wanted. But he, can, he cannot come if you're distracted. He cannot come if you're at ease in Zion. He cannot come if you're distracted. He cannot come if you're carnal or prideful or just living in unconquered sin. Romans 13, 11. Brother Nate, do me the honor. Read it, oh, Romans 13, 11. Please. And that knowing the time, that now it is high time to wake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we <coughs> believe. Amen. That was written 2,000 years ago. How much closer are we now? There's a video that I saw yesterday that should concern every one of you guys. They're starting to do this in grocery stores now. There's this video, there's this grocery store and all the refrigerators, it had pictures of everything in that refrigerator. But on the top of the refrigerator was an infrared scanner that checked your temperature. And on the right hand, that there's a scanner that you scan on the right hand of the handle. And it's made out of bulletproof glass. Do you guys, you guys know where I'm getting to? The Bible says that you cannot buy, sell, or trade if you take the mark of the beast. They are literally making products. They are literally putting technology already in stores, prepping for the mark of the beast. It's coming faster than you think. Yes, you know, maybe 50, 60 years ago, your grandparents could have, could have been at ease in Zion and wiped the, 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 the moco out of their eye and got right with God. But right now is not the time to mess around. Now is the time to repent. Now is the time 
to get right with God. If persecution and suffering brought out the apostle and Paul, what will the great tribulation reveal in us? Will we be caught sleeping? Will we be found as sluggards? That, you know what? I will say that the, you know, I'm just going to say it. That, that the shot is not the mark of the beast. But I'm going to tell you what. That a lot of the church failed when this pandemic hit us. You know what I constantly saw at, at, at conferences before the pandemic hit? Oh, shout, shout. Amen, I want apostolic shouting here. Amen, let's be bold. Sickness and disease is no match for God. But guess what happened when the pandemic rolled in? Everybody scattered like Jesus' disciples right. on the night of his arrest. And a lot of people are already folding under pressure because of this shot right here. Right. You know what? And I might get some flack for it, but I don't care. Do your research. The shot has aborted fetal cells in it. Right. So babies had to die to get this shot made. So you could... Let's go to Matthew chapter 24. This is, this is my final... Matthew chapter 24. And I'm going to read verse 40 to 42. It says this. Then shall be, then shall two be in the field. The one shall be taken and the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the mill. The one shall be taken and the other left. Watch therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord doth come. We got to keep watch. I want to be Mary in this hour, not Martha, who wasn't keeping watch, who wasn't interested by sitting at the feet of Jesus. And if there is any end time, you know, metaphor for the end times, it's Mary and Martha. It's Mary and Martha. Mary was, Mary was making, Martha was making sure that everything looked good. Making sure that there was decorations. Making sure that everything looked good for Jesus. But the place that Jesus wants us to be found is at his feet. Yes, That's where the church needs to be found. You don't need to be afraid of the virus. You don't need to be afraid of sickness. You just need to be at the feet of Jesus. There's healing. There's deliverance at the feet of Jesus. Both women working, but only one taking. One taken. One was watching, but the other was at ease. But thank the Lord that we are assembled here tonight. The Bible says in Lamentations that it's, I know I was hard, but here, here comes the mercy. The Bible says that his mercies are new every day. So you woke up today, let's just say, Jeff, you had a bad day yesterday, and you just acted like a heathen. Guess what? His mercies are new today. And he does not treat you as your sins deserve. And finally, this is how we stop being at leisure. This is how we stop being at ease. Let's go to Matthew chapter 25. This is my final chapter, I promise. Matthew chapter 25, and I'm going to read for, it's going to be a lot of reading, but. Matthew, okay. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. 
Who's the bridegroom? Jesus. Jesus. It's fine. And five of them were wise and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. Then all the virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And all in the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil. Our lamps were gone out. And I'm going to tell you what the oil is. The oil is the Holy Ghost. The oil is the Holy Ghost. And I'm telling you, if you don't have the Holy Ghost in here, you can get it tonight just because it's Wednesday. You can leave with the Holy Ghost tonight. Both of you. If you don't have the Holy Ghost, you can leave with it tonight. Because that, the oil is the Holy Ghost. Yeah, Jesus is coming back. But your tomorrow is not guaranteed. Finally. But the wise answered, saying, not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. You know what? Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. That's what he was saying. I don't have oil for you. You should have been on your knees. You should have been fasting. You should have been reading your word. You should have been at church. You should have been at the altar. You should have done that. I don't have no oil to give you. That's right. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in, in him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily, I say unto you, I know you not. If you don't have the Holy Ghost, he doesn't know you. That's what the Bible says. That's not my opinion. That's not my feeling. That's what it says. I know you not. Watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. They all slept, but even in their sleep, they, they were ready. The five wives were ready. I want to go to sleep tonight, knowing that I'm right with God, and that my lamp is filled, and my wig is trimmed. I want you to go to bed tonight, having your lamp full. On the, the glorious coming of Jesus. The glorious coming. Grab my hand. The glorious coming of Jesus. I want to walk with my brothers to the bridegroom. I want to walk with my brothers to Jesus. Hey, our lamps are full. Our lamps are full. Our lamps are full, Sister Caitlin. Our lamps are full. Sorry, I wasn't trying to psych you out. Our, my heart lamps are full. Let's go to meet the bridegroom. Yes, amen. Hallelujah. There's foolish people out there, and they only can know if you warn them. The Bible says in Ezekiel, if you do not warn, if you do not stand on the tower and warn, that your that their blood is on your hands. That's what the Bible says. I'm not preaching my opinions. We are living in such a scary hour 
When You know what? We might preach with intensity. We might preach with fervency when we're up here. And you might feel scared. You might feel convicted. Glory to God. Hallelujah. But it's going to be a whole different feeling when the eastern sky parts and when Jesus steps in. I forgot to tell you, but I cheated on you five years ago. No. When Jesus comes back, there's no more time. When he comes back, the time is done. You can't repent. You can't get right. He's coming to collect once. There, there's no, there's no pre-trip church and, and post-tribulation church. There's only one bride. And he's only coming once. That's right. That's right. Let's stand. If you guys feel, if anybody, if you don't feel like your lamp is full, and if you want to get your lamp full tonight, come to the altar. Come to the altar tonight. And get your lamp filled with oil. Get your lamp filled with oil. The Bible says that he's a fountain of living water. That water shall flow out of your belly. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hey, you get that breakthrough. You get that victory in your life. Because guess what? You'll sleep. When in New Jerusalem, you'll sleep when you're in New Jerusalem. Amen. There's plenty of time to sleep. I know it's hard. I know it's hard. But there is oil for you tonight. There's oil for you tonight. There's oil for you tonight. Tell the devil, I'm tired of your tricks. I'm tired of your games. I'm tired of what you're doing to my family. Oh, hallelujah. There is oil for you in the name of Jesus.